0: hi everyone welcome to the wildest kruger stories podcast and our first episode my name is craig and i've got carolina next to me hello and yeah please forgive us if our our first podcast is not perfect i think it uh, <laughs> it can be a bit up and down but um we're here to try
1: yes exactly i'm a little bit i'm a little bit nervous honest. i'm a little bit
0: overwhelmed by all of this i don't know how radio hosts do it i don't know it's, no, it's, it's, it's very difficult it's much we it's listen much... to podcasts and it's like everyone it's just like so perfect
1: exactly and yeah it feels it's much more difficult than it than it seems when you're just listening to yeah. podcasts but we're excited to be here and i've always wanted to start a podcast because i love podcasts in general
0: i was kind of pushed into it by carolina
1: <laughs> craig is, craig is here because he has to yeah
0: I'm here cause i have to be moral support she was gonna throw me out the house no <laughs> exactly um, also yeah.
1: because we we both love to talk
0: we do both love to talk, and um, I've actually seen people fall asleep during our conversations. I'm kidding. For real? I'm kidding. No, 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 no. no. But we talk so much. <laughs> that's
1: not a good thing. with starting a podcast. We I, all know, people I know. Asleep to I know. Thing. I know.
0: No one's gonna fall asleep. We've got such interesting stories to tell. <laughs>
1: okay yeah hyping yourself a bit up there but okay let's start with then for those who don't know us already craig who are you Um,
0: yeah guys like my name is craig reed Um, i have been in the safari game for over 10 years now from when i left school i started studying i i went into i i had this passion for the bush from when i was a child and as i left school i linked up with a lodge in the Sabi Sands private game reserve. And I was a student, I was f- fixing toilets and doing all the, the horrible labor. Then I, after my studies, just got moved from guiding job to guiding job. we're going to get more
1: into that in yes, the later episode. Yes,
0: yes, But that's just a brief intro to me. And then I decided to leave the, uh, the industry and started my own safari company. Together with me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. Yes. Mm. And that's me.
1: Are you're not going to ask me who I am? Oh,
0: sorry. You see, when you're at this, <laughs> Carolina, who are you? Tell our listeners who you are.
1: Yeah, so what about me? My name is Carolina Nuri. I am originally from Sweden, and I moved to South Africa about four years ago now. Officially, Yeah. F- back four years ago, but I was... I've been back and forth to South Africa for about six years uh, but then I officially moved about four years ago and that's around the same time as I met Craig and also got into the lodge industry and then through that time I started with wildlife photography and then now I'm a professional wildlife f- photographer.
0: And a very good one. Like
1: that. <laughs> Thank you. And, and that's my big passion and that's the dream I'm pursuing. And here we are starting this podcast, we have this company together and we starting this podcast because we want to get out a couple of stories out yeah to the world.
0: i think i think it's it's more you know what we're trying to achieve here is we trying to get as many stories as we used to tell around the bar and around the lodge and on game drives uh while we were in the safari game we tried we, we wanting to to share those stories and we slowly realized that people don't need to pay twenty thousand rand or let's move that into dollars, $2,000 per person per night in order to hear these stories. They can actually just download our podcast. And yeah, I think that's where that's where we got to, to sitting in these chairs about to tell you how we got here, telling you some crazy, crazy stories you wouldn't believe. I don't know, Carolina, what, are, what do you think?
1: Yeah, so I think the big thing for me was that I realized, as you say, we... You know, being at the lodges, uh, working and meeting a lot of people from all over the world. As we said, you and I both love to talk. Yeah. And anyone who has met us and anyone who knows us knows that. So we would always, you know, chat to guests. And you very quickly got into how different the life at the lodge is to, like, life in the in like Europe and the States, I guess. And people are very interested in like what does life look like in the bush we well, I mean, living yeah sorry
0: we, we used to live in we used to live for six weeks at a time, didn't we i mean we were exactly we used to live in this in this in the middle of one of the most natural ecosystems in the world for six weeks, and then we'd go on vacation for two weeks and people we would go 20, to Kruger. Yeah, we'd go back to another natural ecosystem but it was amazing at how flabbergasted clients would get or guests would get at how we did this and how we made our relationship work, because from our relationship side, we were with each other all day every day when
1: all the
0: people in the city. We're going to work nine to five, then coming home, kissing their wife or girlfriend, hello again, having dinner and then sleep and repeat where we would go to, we would wake up in the morning, go to work together, work together. And then go home together yeah. every single day for six weeks, and then we go and leave together. So I suppose that's true love, but uh, well, that whole—it's well,
1: <laughs> well, a very, very different lifestyle. Yeah. Like from from the way that your relationship works to the way like your job works, and the whole we mentioned the whole six weeks on and two weeks off. Like it's all very, very different from from a normal nine to five job in a city in europe or the states and i think what we realized was that people were mind blown about like how this all works and all these stories that we have to tell as well because working in the lodge industry you get to experience some crazy stuff and we have stories from ourselves and our own experiences and then stories that we've heard you know through the grapevine and from friends and whatever. So uh, we had a lot of stories to tell and we would use, you used to Nuts. chat, we used to chat to the guests at the bar, you know, have a drink after game drive and you would end up standing there for hours just talking about all of these crazy stories. And I think that's what we realized that this should be a podcast. Like this should get out to the rest of the world. And as Craig says, you don't have to pay this crazy amount of money to come so far and hear these stories. And that's what we kinda of want to yeah. do. We want to bring these stories out to the world and um show everyone what just we... how
0: intense the industry is and how crazy the industry can be exactly. in both good and bad ways. Uh but I think but not it's... just
1: the industry. <clears throat> We're gonna be talking about other stuff as well.
0: Oh, of course, of course, of course. Any everything from conservation to the lodge industry to um ecology all sorts. We're going to have some pretty, pretty cool people coming onto the podcast and stuff. We've got, like I say, I've been in the industry for about 10 years. So I've got so many friends that have, uh, that are in the industry and run some pretty cool companies or projects. And we're going to have them on as guests, the speakers, do we call them? What do you call them in podcast? Guest speakers?
1: Oh, like guests um, guest, just a guest yeah we're gonna be interviewing people <coughs> and it's gonna be people that we that we've met along the way and it could be friends or as you say contacts in the conservation industry like all that kind of stuff but anyway we're also gonna be talking about I wanna talk a bit about wildlife photography and I wanna give you guys like tips and tricks and like things of like ethics behind wildlife photography and I think we're gonna talk about ethics behind guiding as yeah. well from your point I of think view, yeah from
0: a guiding point of view I think I'm gonna focus on and I, I would encourage younger guides coming into the industry to listen to this because I'm gonna have quite a few points on what you can focus on and probably it's going to be one specific episode where we can focus on what are general do's and don'ts as a guide you know stuff that you only learn with experience that I wish I knew when I was 21 years old going into the industry
1: we want to touch on everything from like wildlife stories that we have, like wildlife encounters and stuff, because I don't know if mm. you've got a lot of stories there. Like, funny stories with guests. Like, we meet a lot of funny people yeah. in the lodge industry. We're not going to be mentioning names, so we're not going to be mentioning lodgeists. No properties. Lodges. No
0: prophecies. No, no,
1: no, no. But we want to we tell these stories because you meet a lot of crazy and cool people at the same time. Mm. We want to tell stories of, like, conservation and getting, like, spreading the word out there. And I think the big thing for me is that I started my my Instagram a couple of years ago and with my wildlife photography, that's my biggest, you know, means of, of getting the word out there to people with my photography or whatever. And something that I've noticed on Instagram is that I get a lot of questions from people, difficult questions of like conservation and issues in the industry and, you know, ethics about wildlife photography or just like wildlife photography tips and all that kind of stuff. And... I've come to a point where I feel that Instagram isn't giving me enough room to talk about these issues because most of the time you maybe record a story that is like fifteen second seconds long, and that's why I want to start this podcast to get yeah. a place where we can talk about these issues in a bigger way, and like
0: yeah, also I want to go as far as like you know want to make our audience as involved as as I can or as we can if anyone has a question for either of us or a topic that you'd like us to talk about you know pop us a message on instagram i mean we would be happy to spend a couple of minutes on each podcast talking about a specific situation or story i I mean i did a bit of training in tanzania now with some guides and when there was there was a couple of questions on difficult situations and this actually opened up a conversation for like 5-10 minutes on how you handle those difficult situations and that that was quite interesting and it was something I definitely wanted to bring into this podcast because you know there's so many things that guides they get a bit confused about or something like that and they just actually want to want to chat about it and um, I'm happy to to accept questions and talk about uh, certain things on this podcast
1: exactly if you have if you guys have any questions just message us on instagram and we would be happy to do like you know answering a couple of questions every episode i think we're also gonna do episodes where we do like q and a's yeah and do like a whole episode of just answering questions but yeah, yeah definitely don't don't feel like don't hesitate to hit us up with any questions that you guys have and it can be anything from like yeah from my point with wild photography your point with guiding industry conservation even like traveling to Africa, like we, we do own a travel, travel company. Travel company,
0: yeah, we should not
1: <laughs> so, forget that. So, we definitely have a lot to say about traveling to Africa and, you know especially south africa especially kruger where we based so yeah definitely don't hesitate and also if you have any like suggestions of people that we should interview and bring on to the podcast let us know yeah because we definitely have like a list of people that we have in mind but yeah. we always open to suggestions
0: absolutely absolutely i mean yeah there's just so many people interesting people out there i mean this the list goes on and on i think we every single kind of I wouldn't say day, but every week we kind of, someone that we know comes to mind. We say, oh, we should have them on the podcast one day, and our list gets, gets longer. Exactly. Longer.
1: Exactly. <laughs> okay, so I think to summarize. hmm. What what are we going to be talking about on the podcast? We're going to be talking everything from c- conservation, photography, wildlife stories, life in the bush, uh, inviting guests on, interviewing them, conservation. Did I say that already? Yeah,
0: I think you know, there's going to be like so many stories, I think. And uh, the stories are, you know, just, just to give you guys a brief example of stories, you know, like storytelling is quite a quite a, a big guide trait. I, I, me and Carolina have done it for years and you're going to hear some pretty... Pretty interesting stories with regards to guest interactions, you know, from, from a guiding point of view, I'm, I'm going to touch on some stuff like stupid questions that I've been asked. And yes, in my guide speech beforehand, you always need to say there's no such thing as a stupid question. There's only a stupid answer. And that's but how you kind of get that they, there is such thing as a stupid question. Any guides out there listening, there is such thing. And yeah, we're going we're to gonna divulge and we're going to get into stuff like that. <laughs> and uh you know just just common difficult clients and certain things but remember guys we're not going to we're not going to be naming any establishments and we're not going to be naming any people specifically but yeah it's uh i think it could get juicy i mean i <laughs> I think every time I meet new people I think of a new story because uh, they they're so fascinated by our lives.
1: Well, you and your best friend was like sending voice notes to each other yesterday. Yeah, just shout, on, like
0: crazy stories. Shout
1: out to Chris if he's listening. Yeah. Um he's definitely going to be coming onto the podcast at some point and you guys yeah. were just sending these voice notes of like crazy stories. And we've got
0: a we've got a we've got a crazy story ourselves. Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely and we'll tell that story but Yeah, you guys were sending each other voice notes of crazy stories, and it was just so funny because you would like send him a voice note, and then you went into the kitchen to make coffee, and then you were like, Oh, yeah, I need to tell him this. And then you read another
0: story. And I think when you're in the lodge industry, everyone that is at that specific lodge becomes your family because you spend so much time together cabin fever can become a real thing. And that's another story we'll start talking about is how much drama actually happens behind the scenes. And you know, like it can go all the way with who's sleeping with who and who cheats on who and stuff like that at the the bigger (laughs) properties, it does happen. And uh, yeah, it's drama filled. So uh, that's kind of stuff we're going to be touching on and just stories. uh, But again, no names. (laughs)
1: No, definitely not. (laughs) So Craig, to give, the listeners like kind of a what do you call it like a sneak peek or you know a little taster <laughs> on what kind of stories we are talking about and like what makes your your job as a guide not that you're guiding full-time anymore but what makes that so different can you give us an example of a crazy story that that you have
0: uh, well you know so many come to mind <laughs> but i think you know they're well, what I think our listeners should understand, especially the listeners that haven't come on Safari, is how unique the job of a Safari guide is and how, number one, intense it can be, how difficult it can be. Client satisfaction, people have paid a lot of money. People want to, want let's just use a stupid example, the big five people want complete, to complete that. And they can generally put quite a lot of pressure on uh, on guides that this is going to have anything to do with the story i'm about to tell but just to give you guys a little bit of an idea of how just a safari being a safari guide is not just about getting in a car and driving from point a to point b i mean it, it takes a lot of effort to find certain animals um, and
1: it's dangerous
0: it can be dangerous it can be very very dangerous again another story you might tell on our podcast is um we we've, we've uh have a couple of friends or or people that have come into some pretty dangerous encounters but going back to my story with myself i was working at a reserve in the great creek national park at this time at this point in time i was i just got back from dubai i just got back i was did a stint in dubai and i started working in this reserve in the specific lodge environment you get put with a tracker And you work with that tracker permanently. It's like a relationship. Me and Moses, shout out to Moses if he's listening. What a legend. One of the best trackers I've ever worked with in my life. He is uh, like a brother to me. And we worked together for about two years. And we were out, like going back to how we work, you get put with a tracker and that's your tracker forever. Or uh, just so you can get to know each other, how each other works, how each other tracks animals. Um, so we were working together for about two months um, We were really enjoying working together But it was that kind of window period where you didn't really know If you could trust each other or not Like how, how just how good is this guide And he was, I was probably thinking as well how, Just how good is this tracker um, But we had a really good relationship from the start And we got off and we started tracking a male leopard Just off a drainage line We were tracking and we were whispering to each other because we knew these tracks were fresh. They were on top of vehicle tracks uh, that had driven there this morning. So that means between the morning game drive and the afternoon game drive, that male leopard had walked there. Then went along a drainage line. We didn't want to walk in the drainage line because it's pretty dangerous. And we got to the top of this drainage line and we just wanted to have, we saw the tracks, they were, as this leopard was walking in, in the drainage line and we could see them from the top of the drainage line. So it was fine. And they got to this point behind this bush and we were like, well, maybe this leopard's gone up the other side of the drainage line. Let's just walk a meter and see if we can see anything. Maybe it's a hard piece of piece of sand. So we began to just kind of move slowly down and out of nowhere, we just heard this massive guttural growl and this brown coloration just charge out of this bush at us. Shouted, screamed at the male, male leopard. He then stopped in his tracks and then moved back into the drainage line. It was a warning charge from this individual because if it wasn't a warning charge, I wouldn't be here. But it happened so quickly. And before myself or Moses actually thought about what we were gonna do next, we looked down and we were holding hands. <laughs> and I know everyone's kind of going, oh, cute. But it wasn't that. It wasn't that we were scared it was that we didn't trust each other enough to kind of say i didn't know him well enough that he wasn't going to run and he didn't know me well enough that i wasn't going to run and and that was just kind of something interesting that i picked up we were both really really stressed at that um
1: just holding each other's holding hand making, each other's making hand, yeah. sure the other one won't run because wasn't
0: gonna run yeah. because
1: in a situation like that correct me if i'm wrong craig running is the worst thing that you can do
0: yeah you've got an animal that's 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 angry it's it's been disturbed um and um it, it's come at you and then it was it was a very relaxed individual that we, he went back and literally when we got back to the vehicle, this is how relaxed this male was. It wasn't like we disturbed him for life and he was going to be scarred by us. We we got back to the vehicle. We circled around, got to where he was lying and he was curled up in a little ball and hadn't moved. He ran out the bush and it was almost like him telling me or telling myself and Moses, hey, I'm here, you can bring the car now. Yeah, we got there and we had a phenomenal sighting for about 20, 30 minutes. Uh, he got up, climbed a tree for us and I'll never forget that sighting. Guests had a phenomenal a phenomenal leopard viewing experience, and it just it just shows you, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff that your guide and tracker, if you ever go on a safari, that sometimes they have to have to deal with, and you know what, we're we're trained to handle those situations, but it's it's just something sometimes stuff like that can happen.
1: Oh, that's a cool story. I like that story, mm-hmm.
0: Carolina. What about you? You've been in the lodge industry for a very long time now, a bit of a different position.
1: Very uh, different. F-
0: where you went from uh, front of house and then you were a manageress at a lodge or assistant manager.
1: Assistant manager. At a are. lodge.
0: And, um, but you've also told some pretty crazy stories. You've seen some stuff with the vehicles are out on drive and stuff like that and
1: yeah um, so my my position at the lodge was very different from Craig's because so for those who don't know what a front of house is because that was my pres- position is that is basically guest relations so you check guests in and you like you welcome them back from game drive you for anyone who has been on Safari before and stayed at a lodge. Like the people who would give you your welcome t- t- towel when you come back from game drive, that would be the front of house most of the time. And your
0: welcome drink and did your check in.
1: Exactly. You know. And like hosting, you chat to the guests while they at all meals, making sure that they're having a good time. It's a lot of like just interacting. Host, with hosting.
0: Guests. Hosting, basically. You That's do what a I'm little. Saying, yeah. Oh, sorry. I wasn't listening. That's
1: <laughs> bad. That's difficult, Craig. Typical. You guys, me. You guys are going to notice that. Nautilus. Anyway, so. That was my job. And then uh, later on, I moved up to being an assistant manager, which basically was a lot of doing the same kind of things, but also with a lot of more responsibility of like ordering food for the lodge, like doing menus and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, you had
0: a lot of responsibility at the last property. I must be honest, like you, you did, you killed that. that was great. <laughs>
1: thank you but yeah so you, you did uh, basically did everything that didn't have anything to do with game maintenance and no. maintenance oh and maintenance <laughs> i didn't do any maintenance but like tasking staff and all that kind of stuff so anyway we can get into sorry
0: just uh, sorry to interrupt you uh, just it's also going to be another thing we talk about on a later stage is just also front of house and uh, i should have said it earlier and how much credit they actually deserve and how much credit they actually receive so we will definitely put that up on our Instagram pages because that is a must listen to just to create a bit of awareness in the industry. But go back to your story. (laughs)
1: Sure, yeah. No, definitely something we'll talk about. But the big thing was obviously that I wasn't out on Game Drive. So... A lot of people thought that I was living in the bush, especially because I was am a wildlife photographer and wildlife was all I was posting pretty much. That I was out on game drive every day and seeing animals every day, and that that was definitely not the seeing case.
0: Paperwork every day.
1: I was seeing a lot of paperwork, and a lot of to- uh, stuff and like and yes, stuff, stuff issues. <laughs> anyway, so for me, the most exciting things was when there is stuff happening around the lodge. Because I wasn't out seeing leopards and lions and elephants every day. Like I would see lions and sorry, not lions, I would see elephants, like in the river in front of the lodge and that was awesome.
0: But You had wild dogs one day in front of the office, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I had wild no I had wild dogs several times in front, of, office. front of the office and the river. So that was very exciting stuff for mm. me because I very often didn't leave the lodge for like the six weeks that we were there. Anyway, at the the last place we worked at there was two African barred outlets and they were probably my favorite thing with the But For anyone
0: that doesn't know what an African barred outlet is, you could Google it nowadays. We live in the twenty first century. Or it's it's a, it's one of the smaller owls. It, it's it's tiny, it's about like what, like ten centimetres?
1: Probably yeah. yeah. A lot of people confuse them with the pearl spotted outlets, mm, they are very mm, similar. But these
0: guys have the the bars coming down their, their chest.
1: Yes. <laughs> And they were probably my favorite thing of, like, the whole lodge and and working there. Because they were so relaxed with people because they were living in the lodge. Not as, like, in the buildings, but, you know, in the garden of the lodge. They had become so accustomed to people because there was always people around. So they didn't really care about you. So you could get, like, two meters away from them and they would just look at you.
0: Cutest things ever. And
1: obviously, like, because they're birds, if, you know, if you got a bit too close or if there was, like, someone dropped something and made a noise, They would just fly away and then, (laughs) you know, they were quite chilled. So I had some awesome sightings of them and they would always brighten up my day. If I saw them around the lodge, they would really like it was a really cool addition to have around the lodge. And I would always show the guests them and whatever. So I say, as I said, there was two of them. There was one that was much more chilled than the other one. We could never figure out which one was the male and which was the female because there's just the tiniest bit of difference between them. Such
0: a small difference in yeah. size
1: we thought we thought we knew but, but then, then we didn't <laughs> then we no, then we got confused again anyway i have plenty of photos anyone who follows me on instagram knows i have plenty of photos of, of these owls but most of the time i only have photos of one at a time and i always wanted to photograph them together because that's flipping cool and the one day i was sitting in the office doing paperwork as normal the guests were out on drive and all the staff had gone home I was just sitting there getting a lot of stuff done and waiting for guests to come back from drive and and for the evening to start. So I was just sitting in the office and I see outside, all of a sudden I see one of the owls. And I'm like, oh, cool, look, there's the owl. And it always like brightens up my day. And then it flies to a different branch and I see that it's sitting next to the other owl. And I'm like, oh my word, okay, here they are, both of them together. But I didn't have my camera with me because I'm working. So I ran back to our house because we lived right next to the lodge. It was literally like a hundred meter walk from the lodge to to the house. So I ran back to to our house to get my camera and get my tripod. And I ran back and just hoping that these owls are still going to be there. And they were. So I got to sit, I got to photograph them together finally. And I was so stoked because it was such an awesome like setting of them. You know, sometimes when a bird sits on a branch, it will be something in the way in the background. It won't like look pretty, but the background was perfect. It was like this green background with the leaves and whatever. And they were sitting there and they were like yawning and like grooming each other. It was such an awesome sighting of these little owlets. And I was just like, this is so great. All of a sudden, as I'm like pointing the camera towards them, and I'm photographing away or whatever, but I'm taking a bit of a like, break because they're sitting doing the same thing. All of a sudden, the one jumps on top of the other one and they start mating. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God. Okay. And I just, you know, like anyone who does wildlife photography will recognize this feeling when you just tell yeah. yourself to just like, keep your cool because otherwise you're going to miss the flippin' yeah,
0: shot. You're going to be shaking and it's going to come out blurry. Just, just keep, keep your, your cool. head. Keep your head.
1: Yeah, so that's what I told myself, I was just like, breathe, breathe, keep your cool, and just breathe, and just click away. Like, you've got the settings, you know you've taken photos of them for like, you know, 10 minutes already, you know you've got the settings right, it's just, it's yeah. just, keep, just keep pressing the shutter.
0: I think, yeah, it's it's, it's incredible, you know, I, for those of you who don't actually understand, you know, our mating is, uh, it, it's something you do not see at all. You know, on um, it's really the only place you will really see it is in a lodge because on game drive, you're generally driving a little bit too quickly. Every now and then you you catch the glimpse of an owl, but, you know, you stop for five minutes. You know, we were so fortunate. We had these two little guys, or oh, guy and girl, Kelly, living in the lodge. So that was just, yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it?
1: It was an incredible sighting and something that will definitely stick with me and the photos that I got, I'm I'm so happy with. Because that's the thing as well, as Craig said, you don't often see this. And to also be so lucky that it happens as your pa- camera is already pointed at them. Like it could have happened 10 minutes earlier yeah. when I didn't have my camera. So that's also another thing, like that I actually had my camera already set up, already pointing at them, already all the settings sorted. And that's when they start mating. It was just, it was so lucky.
0: No, absolutely. I think, like I said, birds birds mating, just actually just animals mating in in general is just an incredible, incredibly special because it happens so fast. I mean, to the day, like talk about animals mating, the one thing I've never seen, I think guys listening out there, guides, sorry. I have never seen mating in parlour. That is fascinating, isn't it? What? Mating impala.
1: I've seen mating impala.
0: You see. I I am just unlucky. It is no, because it happens so quickly and generally at night. I've never. And uh, for those of you who are not very associated with Africa, impala is one of the most. Common. common. Let's not call them common. They're not common. They're so beautiful. They're successful. Call them successful. Yeah, they are common as
1: in you see them often. Yeah,
0: but common is a horrible word. <laughs> you, horrible word.
1: So no, you mean common as in like something is common, <laughs> as in like a negative thing? I'm talking in, about common as in like you see <clears throat> them often. I don't
0: like the word common.
1: They occur <laughs> often. I
0: don't on like game the drop. word. Common. They are this is a very successful species and yeah, they they breed once a year. And there are hundreds of thousands of them in the greater Kruger National Park. I've never seen, never seen them mate before, ever.
1: That's crazy. I thought I'd seen it with
0: you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh. I've seen like a quick dismount. Um, and I I, I I, can't, unfortunately, that doesn't count. Yeah.
1: Oh, is it? No, it doesn't
0: count. It doesn't count. And you see it, you see it, get on, do its thing and then get off. That I need to see that.
1: Doesn't
0: count. Doesn't count. Just the dismount doesn't count. So that sorry, if that's what we saw, that doesn't count. Doesn't
1: <laughs> I can't count. remember. I think I got a photo of
0: it. Uh, yeah, we we're, were kind of rambling. You know, stuff like that is is an incredibly special stuff when you see stuff like that around the lodge. I mean, even though we had these owls, but I mean, they they kind of they grew on you, didn't you? Didn't they? The, Absolutely. The little owls, they were. You know, they they would like like Carolina said, she'd be sitting doing paperwork, and they brighten up your day. And actually, they. We started talking to them about talking to each other's staff as they became like our little mascots, didn't they? Yeah. Because uh, we actually had a couple of guests that actually came to the lodge and had either followed myself, you or our manager at the time on, on social media and had seen photos or the, the actual lodge itself and seen photos of these little owlets and they would come and they'd arrive and they'd be like, oh, if you see the owls, like, let us know. So it was, it was quite like maybe a little cool marketing tool.
1: It was, yeah. No, I remember specifically had guests that followed me on Instagram and then booked because they wanted to... Come see to, the owl. Co- no, they, come, they, take, they wanted to come stay at the lodge because I was working there and whatever and I've been talking about it a lot on Instagram. And then they also wanted to see the owls. Yeah. And that was specifically what they were asking about when they arrived.
0: It just shows you like the power of social media, which is also a topic we will cover in a later story. But I mean...
1: I feel like we're saying we're going to cover so many different topics. <laughs> we that are
0: going to cover People so must many be so topics. confused. Yeah.
1: But anyway, I think we're going to keep this one short-ish. We've been going on for about half an hour now. It's the first one, so we just wanted to give you guys a bit of a
0: brief... Just a rough idea.
1: Rough idea of who we are and what we are going to be about and what this podcast, what you can expect from this podcast. And then the other episodes, we're going to be diving into all of these different topics that we've been talking about. And yeah, I think next episode, we're going to be talking about Craig's background and like... I want to hear, like, your <laughs> your whole detailed story. i have
0: heard it of... so many times, darling. I feel
1: like there's stuff that you... <laughs> I was saying to Craig that, you know, when we talk to guests, we both have this, like, five-minute or, like, two-minute short like a, version
0: yeah, that
1: is, like, rehearsed of when people ask, like, okay, so how did you end up here? And then you're just like, oh, this and this and this. So now, this is not... For the podcast, it's not going to be that tw- two-minute short one. This is going to be, the like, the... Full on deep dive.
0: That's a full half an hour of me talking. You know that?
1: Yeah. Sure. That's usually what I live with. So.
0: Sure. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway,
1: that's going to be the next, next episode. And then we'll have the same episode for me and how I end up here.
0: And we'll see whose one's longer. And then you guys can decide who talks longer.
1: Exactly. Because we always fight about who talks the exactly. most. Exactly. Anyway, I hope you guys have a great day. And thank you all for listening. And uh, we're very excited to get this started. We are. And we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers,
0: guys.